Hi, this is Anson Mount from Star Trek Discovery and Hell on Wheels, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. Audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come grab a chair and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And I'm Dave Sellers. It is fantastic to be back here tonight. Uh, the uh, the uh, females on this podcast, the women in our life that keep us on the straight and narrow are not with us tonight. So all bets are off. So we, we're, <laughs> we're going to have to try to do our best to try to get their perspective give up right right give give them what we think might be their perspective yeah yeah so tap into like channel m and chrissy Mm -hmm. who have other obligations tonight yes um, Mm -hmm. yeah so uh yeah we'll do the best we can Mm -hmm. my butt's vibrating again i really got to take my foot out of my pants this sounds all totally wrong doesn't it i i I shattered (laughs) i shattered my screen today it's really bad i'm holding out for the pixel four you know that happens when you throw it at kids. Yeah, well, you know, when they really piss me off, I just like, <laughs> you know, I no longer hold chalk in my hands. So what's the nearest thing? My phone. I don't share. You know, I'm just kidding. But, um, anyways, wow. So what's on the menu tonight, Miles? So we will talk a little bit about what's going on in our sci-fi world. No, that's not the big item, though. That's not the big item. I want to sink my teeth into the prime rib tonight. What's the well, prime rib? First, we talk about the appetizer. Okay. Well, yeah. And then we segue into the you know um, the main course. And then dessert is just being in our awesome presence. Right? Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, the main course tonight, of course, is our review of uh, the pilot uh, Terminator: The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Ah, uh, I like this pilot. I, I yeah, I'm. I, I have a lot of good things to say about this one. Uh, yeah, well, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see how it goes. Dave, am I correct? This is the first time you watched a pilot. You know what? I thought it was, and then you as it. I was watching, watched the pilot, and I watched the next two episodes after that. It was they were the only ones on the disc that Netflix sent me. Um, I realizing that I started to remember this i had watched this back in the day when it was on okay so it's very nice putting it back on there and I actually put uh, the rest of season one and season two into my netflix dvd queue oh, since i go. am that old yeah that's awesome that's awesome uh, well it's either awesome or the show was that forgettable you couldn't remember you watched it so one of the two there Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no. well i'm gonna blame i'm gonna blame fox again for having it on in a goofy time slot. I don't even remember what time slot it was in. 
But at the age I was, me fighting for the television during prime time, since we only had one or two that worked, probably caused me to miss a lot. I don't know. You, you, I'm you trying to remember. I think you're right. I seem to recall they, they moved they moved the show a couple times and if you didn't have DVR or you were recording it, it would have, it could have been easy to miss. Yeah. yeah and not, not like Fox has a history of doing that with great sci-fi shows or anything. Not that we're bitter. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I get you. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, so it's <laughs> premiere date. It's premiere date. Was January thirteenth, two thousand. It was a Sunday night, so, so that may have been it. Like if you were in high school, Dave, <laughs> I don't know what you were. Oh at. yeah, that was definitely it. It would have been. It had been it like two thousand eight. Oh, it premiered in two thousand eight. Yeah. Oh heck no! I was well out of high school by that point. Yeah. So, anyways, um, we can talk a little bit more about yeah. that. I do. There's some great stats on how it premiered and the, and the hopes that the show really carried. With it, but anyways, and I guess we have to talk about the appetizer first, right? Let's. So, who do you want to start, Miles? Um, Dave, why don't you tell us what's going on in your sci-fi world? Cool. Yeah, I uh, I'm almost finished with uh, Star Trek Discovery: The Enterprise War. Um, I don't think I have that much left to it, but it's it's been a pretty interesting book so far. I'm I'm intrigued with it, and it's. I might have to listen to it again since my listening times usually either coincide with work while I'm at work or while I'm out playing golf. And sometimes I don't think I pay quite enough attention to it, but uh, it's, there are a few parts that got me confused and had to go back a little bit, but it, it's been a really, it's been a really good book so far. I, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, Started watching Terminator Sarah Connor Chronicles for the show and want to keep going with that. I've been watching a lot of Deep Space Nine episodes here and there. Just kind of filling in some gaps in my free time before starting anything really new. Um, the other weekend I got to play. My brother had, uh, he just bought uh, Star Wars Outer Rim that uh, Fantasy Flight Games makes. It's a really cool game um you can play it solo up to four players and you're pretty much pick which smuggler bounty hunter you want to be and you move along the planets in the outer rim and pick up jobs and and uh drop cargo around it, it was it was a lot of fun when the two of us played it i have to go get a copy for myself that's awesome. That's a bit about it. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, in my sci-fi world, uh, wrapped up Krypton. I think I ripped it, uh, wrapped it up. Um, they, they tried to set it up for another season, but the, the show did get the cancellation. Uh, Killjoys is still airing. Join that. Saw a show on Netflix. It's actually made in Russia. It's called We Are Better. And... Um, it's about uh, human-like androids. Um, also, watching Young Justice on the DC um, streaming channel. Since we had um, 
reviewed the pilot for for Stargate SG One. I felt like going back and seeing the movie again, so I watched uh, the, the Stargate movie. Uh, watching some uh, superhero movies with my niece, and so over the last couple of weeks, we saw Aquaman. For me, it was seeing it again uh, for her for the first time. Uh, we saw Wonder Woman. Um, she's now at an age where she not as scared by some of the more violent action scenes. So we're enjoying some of that. Um, there's a movie on Netflix called uh, See You Yesterday. It's uh, about time travel. Interesting perspective. It, it, it takes place in um, it's modern day Brooklyn, New York, um, African-American community. These two super smart high school kids d- develop. This, this time machine and they explore some um, some things going on politically in, in, in the African-American community with the police. Um, and I'm not giving any spoilers away. It's in the trailer. The, the, the girl in the movie, she loses her brother. Um, he gets shot by, by policemen and she, her, her and her friend try to go back to save him. And as you'd expect from some kind of time travel story, Problems ensue, and then they're trying to repair the damage that they caused and trying to save him. So I saw that, and um, a movie I wanted to see but didn't get to see when it was in theaters, uh, Alita Battle Angel. Uh, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, I finished reading um, the Star Trek Discovery novel, The Enterprise War. I really enjoyed it. And now I'm reading uh, the Stargate novel, uh, Infiltration, by uh, Susanna Parker Sanad. Sounds awesome. Yes. Sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. So my sci-fi world, um, Miles, you and I watched the first episode of Carnival Row, mm-hmm. a new Amazon Prime series. Um, it, it was a very good pilot. Yeah. Uh, I think we both came to that conclusion. Orlando Bloom's in it. And, uh, and uh, oh, one of the guys that's been on Fringe, The Expands, and I don't know what the guy's name. He was in it. And then there's British another, actor. Yeah, British actor. Mm-hmm. Um I really should look it up and know it, and I don't. But um, so we watched it, and our opinion was great first pilot, definitely not something you're going to show to kids. Yes, yeah, you know, it's a little, uh, it's, a, it's a little, it's a little too adult. Yeah, a little too adult. A lot of, lot of f bombs and uh, quite a bit of nudity. It, it, or not quite. There was enough to say, ah, eh, yeah, not showing that. Yeah, I don't know if this it, it, it kind of crosses the line between PG thirteen and MA, I guess. Yes. Uh, well, they can get away with that on uh, Siri, I guess Amazon and stuff like that on a streaming channel. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. Uh, the other things that I am uh, uh, watching. What else am I watching here? Um. I'm watching Downtown Abbey, but don't tell anyone about that. Chris has me. Chris has gotten me to watch it. It's not bad. It's a good drama. It's just not like if you had if you had like a hundred DVDs set in front of me, a hundred streaming movies. Downtown Abbey would not be in the top, mm-hmm. but it's well acted and it's compelling story, and they do a nice job with it. And I enjoyed it enough to watch it with her. All right. It was such an English teacher. Uh, yes, you know. And then the other one that I'm watching is uh, that's kind of funny and sciencey is Round Planet. And if you ever want to watch a documentary with a snarky na- British narrator 
who doesn't take narrating a documentary seriously, you have to watch Round Planet. In fact, if you have never watched it, guys, you have to watch the first episode because he, he makes you laugh. <laughs> right. Is that on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's Netflix, and it's Round totally Planet. worth Round Planet. My student teacher turned me on to it, and I was like, and uh, so my family are like four or five episodes in, and it's 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 funny enough for us to keep watching every so often. So, um, I, there has to be more. I mean, um, I just finished a uh, Babylon's Ashes, which is the uh, sixth book in the Expanse series, which I read for a second time. Uh, and I'm now reading a book, uh, non-fiction. Oh, it's a fiction book, but it's not science fiction. Or there's tons of Star Wars references in it, and it's Turtles All the Way Down by John Green, um, but not really science fiction per se. Did you finish watching? I forget the name of it. Something Omens with David Tennant. Oh yeah, finished Good Omens. Absolutely loved Good Omens. Totally worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and they leave room for a uh, second season. Cool. So, which is always good. So, yeah, I was really, really, really happy about that. Really happy. I began watching the Katie Sackhoff one that's out, but I only made it like 20 minutes into the episode. Mm-hmm. And began watching uh, Dark Crystal and made it about 20 minutes into the episode. And that's not because I don't want to watch them further. It's that I got distracted. My ADHD kicked in and said, you know what? You aren't going to be watching. Actually, it was probably more family stuff that said you are not going to be watching it. But, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I was laughing I, 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 a little bit earlier. I was reading um, a Facebook open because uh, whatever in front of me as we're recording. And one of the voice actors that voice voice acts for a lot of different anime posted. Not that I have a lot of time on my hands, but by rearranging the letters of hurricane Dorian, you can spell unicorn diarrhea. <laughs> 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 and so I just laughed. Then you guys are laughing. You the, guys can join me. In the the so. eight year old side news. <laughs> uh, laughing eight, at like, exactly, exactly. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so I think that's my sci fi world. I feel like it's kind of wimpy, but I, um, but that's it. Well, you did watch the Sarah, the, the pilot for Sarah. Connor, I did watch Connor the pilot recently. So yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, and, and we're going to talk about that next. Yes. So, but. Yeah, so uh, ready to talk about it? Let's let's dive in. All right. So can I can I start it off, please? Oh yeah. So uh, I don't normally start these off. I feel like I'm taking your role, Miles, taking it from you. It's okay. It is. So uh, Terminator: Sarah Connor Chronicles, of course, plays into the Terminator franchise, coming in on the heels of. Um, it actually ignored the events of Terminator Three: The Rise of Machines. Paid attention to maybe the first two. Uh, with lots of homages to those two, and and here we are in um, we, we we're reuniting with uh, you know John Connor, Sarah Connor, and a bunch of Terminators around that are kind of and with a bunch of one-liners that are throwing homage to the original the original movies. Um, so this series premiered on January thirteenth, two thousand eight, on a Sunday. Uh, but as uh, you were recalling, Miles, a little bit earlier, it got bounced around quite a bit as far as when it aired through that time. Yes. Uh, but it is important to note that while it premiered on Fox, <coughs> we'll say no more about that, um, The uh, it ended up um, it ended up running, uh, I guess, 
a nine nine episodes, uh, January through March 2008. It was the highest rated new scripted series of 2007-2008 season and was renewed for a second season, which began on September 8th and ended on April 10th. And uh, it was, of course, canceled. Um, despite fan efforts, they canceled that they would not renew the show for the third season in May 18th of 2009. So after the show was over and done airing, they said it's canceled. Yep. So no redemption. But uh, if you recall correctly, when we watched the final episode, there was inkling that this was not coming back because they were trying to do some semblance of a wrap-up. Here's the thing. I, I, I actually think they ended on a cliffhanger uh, because – they, they, they sent they sent John Connor and the T one thousand into the future and right, um, so there was something that was going to happen. Then I, I think it ended abruptly on a cliffhanger. I don't. I mean, maybe they they thought they were it may come to an end, but uh, they didn't end it in a way to wrap things up in, in a nice neat bow. Um, they left it very, in my opinion. They left things very open ended. Yeah, so here's the uh, – so I'll give a little bit of the backstory, uh, kind of where it sets up to the pilot here. Yep. So in the year 1995, at the end of Terminator 2 Judgment Day, Sarah Connor and her son John in the 800 series Terminator successfully destroyed the T-1000, as well as the ARM and CPU chip from the Terminator sent back in 1984 in the first film. The T-800 from the second film, at its own request, is then also destroyed to eliminate a future technology that could be used to create Skynet through reverse engineering. Despite this – at the beginning of the television series, a T-888 used the name Cromarty and is sent back to 1999 to kill John Cameron, um, a Terminator that John sent back from uh, 2029 to protect his younger self and leaps forward in time with John and Sarah to the year 2007 to prevent the delayed Judgment Day once and for all. And so that's kind of um, it. It's kind of the premise of the backstory for it. And that's actually actually part of the uh, pilot, too, for a little bit. Yes. I mean, they they think that they, 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 they're able to stop Judgment Day, but as we find out in the other Terminator movies, they only postpone it. So what did you guys think? Uh, initial reactions to watching this pilot again, I think for all of us, this is at least our second time watching. I thoroughly loved coming back to this. Um, I think it was a very ambitious uh, pilot, um, but I think it accomplished a lot in one hour. In one, I mean, this was just an hour. It wasn't a two-hour, but in one hour, they seemed, somehow managed to pack in a, a lot of story in, into it. Um, I, I I think um, there's one scene in there you, you and I could talk about that I uh, that I found particularly disturbing, just in light of what sadly has been going on today. Can we hold that? And talk we, about a little bit. We'll put that on. Because we'll, 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 I think we, uh, we we'll t- that will be a conversation. We'll table that for now. But um, I, I loved all the callbacks to the to the movies that they did through dialogue or scenes. They did. Um, they were not. You know, they said basically it was like. They, uh, you know, this you know they embraced what it was, and yes, we have different actors playing our heroes now, but this is a continuation of what happened before, and um, you know they fully embraced it. And so, if you're a fan of the Terminator franchise of just the first two movies, you'll you'll recognize, and I think 
you know, love what they did with this. Yeah. David, your thoughts on revisiting this uh, pilot again after all this time? No, I'll echo a lot of what Miles said. I mean, they really, well, through the first, even when we're talking about the pilot, but at least the first three episodes there, they really do put a lot of story into those episodes. Um, there's very little lull in anything that's not important. And the ones I saw each, you know, were, were I'm going to have to wait to watch the rest of the show, but uh, yeah, the pilot itself, I mean, just starting off with that dream sequence and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, is this, this can't be it already. They're really kicking this off on a note. Shortest episode and, ever. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We got the end of the world in less than five minutes. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> and then getting to see, uh, see her wake up next to mayhem. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that, that was just exciting. So I, I, for some reason really like that guy in roles. He plays. Is it the state farm but, commercials or, uh, Allstate, I think. Allstate, yeah, yes. you're right. It's Allstate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot he was yeah. the same guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just ironic that Sarah Connor and Mayhem are That's together it. there. But, yep. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, even watching through it, I mean, seeing a lot of other familiar faces. I mean, I never put two and two together with Lena Hetty and Cersei Lannister and oh, then yeah. Sarah Connor. I never, I mean, it never crossed my head until I'm like, Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, but even seeing the uh, Richard Jones plays the FBI agent. Yep. Yeah. James Ellison. He, yeah. It, playing, uh, he plays the Sergeant in the rookie Nathan Fillion show. Oh yes. That's Aaron. Now I'm like, I, Okay. Get to see, just see, see a lot of familiar faces. Like I forgot all these people were in here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, really, it, really enjoyed it. Yeah. This was before Lena Headley really broke out with her game of Thrones role. I mean, mm-hmm. this was, it was Sarah Connor and then it was this. And so I think the big thing she had did before that she had did the uh, 300. I think the 300 was before this. Yes. Yes, she was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Well, so my impression, you know, I, again, I watched absolutely loved this show. Uh, I love coming back to this pilot. I was insanely disappointed that it was not renewed for a third season. Uh, I think we all were because we were recording at that time. It was just a disappointment and another reason why we were cursing Fox's name. And, you know, everyone's hailing the Summer Glow curse, but it was obviously more than that. And, mm-hmm. And uh, it was neat here to come back and see Summer Glau. We were talking earlier that I haven't really seen Summer Glau do a lot, but you said she's in what show now? Well, she she's in – newest thing she's in is Woo Assassins in um, Netflix. Okay. But just looking at her uh, IMDb page, I mean, from you know 2000 – there was nothing on there from 2017 to 2018 – I, she, I think she had a kid, um, and that may have had something to do with it. I'm sure. So that's probably why we haven't seen her in anything in a little while. Yeah. Well, very cool. Yeah, so, uh, but it was neat to see her there and to see Thomas Decker, who we had a chance in the Sci-Fi Diner to chat with, right? 
Yeah, so he came to Shore Leave back in 2012, and he was kind enough to give us an interview. So listeners, if he actually kind of told us a little bit where the show might have gone if if it would have happened in a third season. So look up our, our Thomas Decker interview. and um, It was episode what? Episode 155. Well, uh, 155, mm-hmm. so quite a few ago, over 200 ago, but... Uh, but we we inter- we sat down and interviewed him and had a great chat. Yep. So, um, but again, I thought that the casting of of Lena Headley as Sarah Connor and uh, Thomas Decker as John uh, really worked. And obviously, Summer Glau uh, played an excellent, excellent, you know, a female Terminator. Yeah, female I can't. Terminator, yeah, and Cromartie. Now I know that we we talked about this that mm-hmm. uh, from the first from the pilot episode to the first official episode after the show got picked up. They switched actors. Cromartie is not the same actor. Right. Um, but uh, I liked the guy that played him in the pilot. He, he was very effective. And um, in I, I watched I watched this twice. I watched it um, with a commentary and without. And in the commentary, Summer Glau is, says the actor who played Cromartie in the, in the pilot, he actually has a dance background, uh, ballet and, and uh, the director was saying I, he, he hired people who had a dance background play Terminators because they could control their body and, you know, they just play good Terminators, I guess. Um, but she actually, you know, she worked together. She worked with him on another project some time ago. Okay, good, mm-hmm. good. Well, and it's obvious that uh, it's obviously that Summer Glau has a dance background too. Yes, yes, it <laughs> no does. No doubt about that. But um, if we're, you know, I, I, I think her, her, playing this character throughout the series you just watch her when she fights somebody she manages to mostly keep a blank look on her face right throughout the whole time i, I thought i thought she knocked it out of the park well it's one of the it's one of the things that made her so effective as river song in firefly mm-hmm. just you know a little bit of mentally deranged but but having kind of a blank emotionless expression while well, she has an axe and sword in her hand yes exactly <laughs> you know seriously while she was Totally kicking ass, but, mm-hmm. but yeah. Well, you know, I you know again. So I enjoyed. I really did enjoy the pilot here. Dave, are you with us here? Yep. Okay. Good. I had. Uh, I got yep, a notification that my uh, my internet may not be uh, is is playing wonky right now. I, d- I really don't know why. So um, there's another actor who goes uncredited, but you've seen him in tons of stuff. Uh, when they look at the when they go to the Dyson house um, in this, uh, Miles Dyson died in the second film, but the actor, he's uncredited in there, but you've seen him in tons of stuff. Uh, Phil Morrison, um, he, he played, um, he, he was Martian Manhunter in Smallville. Uh, he, he was in Star Trek III, uh, Search for Spock. Granted, he was much younger then. Um, he, he's also playing... Um, uh, Cyborg's father in um, um, DC's DC's um, other su- other superhero show, um, the Doom Patrol. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, when I saw that, I was thinking, okay, are we going to see Miles Dyson in a flashback scene or something? Because I just saw the face. It's like I recognize that guy. And uh, um, but yeah, I, I, I checked that checked it out, and yeah, he's. You know he's he's in the IMDb uh, page for the pilot, but he's not credited for uh, being in it. 
Well, very cool. So I what was his name, Mark? Uh, Phil Morris. Phil Morris. Phil Morris. Yeah. All right. So uh, what are we taking from here? What were what were some of the things that we really liked about this pilot? So we talked a lot about the casting of it, mm-hmm. and the casting is obviously part of that. We also talked real briefly about the homages. Maybe we can go into a little bit more detail into some of the homages that really stuck, you know, were with us. Um, but what made this a good pilot beyond that for for you guys? I liked the the way they they made they made Sarah Connor. She, she did a she she did a good job. Uh, Lena Headley did a very good job of giving life to the character without parroting Linda Hamilton. Um, I'm just watching her in this. I'm like, okay, she, this woman is, she is uptight. She is overprotective and she is paranoid, but she has good reason to be. I mean, you, you, you as, as the show is good on taking you on an emotional roller coaster. You, you feel sorry for, um, John Connor cause the way his, his mother is, but then you realize, okay, you know, she has good reason to be that all those things, um, throughout this, um, you know, he's thinking we could finally settle settle in, live our lives, and you know, her boyfriend proposes to her. It's like, you know, we're getting too close here. Um, we we we, we got a bolt, um, and um, you, you think of that, what kind of person she is for doing that, and you you, know, you think, you know, maybe she she's, um being way too paranoid, but her, her paranoia is, is vindicated every time. It's, she's, she, it's not without warrant that she is all those things. Yeah. Very good. And Dave, how about you? I like how you get to see, you get to see more of Sarah and John Connor. You know, in the movies previous to that, there's only was two of them, correct? Well, there's well, three Terminator Judgment Day, but we don't talk about that. Three. But, but as far as I, th- I think you mean just interaction between Sarah and John, yeah, you only get the one movie, right? You only get the one movie. She's running with him constantly and from the movie, but now you actually get to see, start to get to see how they're trying to survive. And the struggles for a teenage boy trying to find an identity for himself supposedly is going to be this savior of mankind from the robots. You know, there's got to be some psychological stuff there. That would have been nice if Kirstie was here to talk about. Right. Someone a little more qualified than me. But it's, it's always being able to see of the two of them, the mother and son and how they're just trying to make it in the world. You know, I have to think that one of the uh, difficult things, like they pack up and leave, you know, all state man. Um, and, uh, you know, head off into Mexico or I guess New Mexico, wherever they're headed. And, you know, John goes to school and the first day, not only does he run into his protector, but virtually runs into a teacher that that is another Terminator. And when your future is already laid out and Terminators know where you're going to be, 
I mean, how do you run from that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to watch him kind of do that is 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 interesting. Yeah, he 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 has a breaking point with that too. It's just like you know, mom, we gotta stop this. I can't I can't deal with this anymore. Right. It's, you know, um, and she listens to him, and she has she has that great conversation with Cameron yeah. when Cameron is tending to her wounds. Is just um, you know, if if we don't stop Skynet, I'll, I'm going to lose him. Right. Right. And so they set out. They, it changes their direction of the quest in the first episode, right? Right. As far as where they're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Miles, uh, David, did you have anything to comment regarding that? No. Okay. No, you guys covered that a little. All right. So, uh, Miles and David, I, you work, David, especially, you work in public education, and, and I work in public education, and uh, Miles wishes he worked in public education. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, we talked about, so, you know, in the scene that we catch, we, we, we first run into Cromartie. He walks into the classroom, and they had a great funny dialogue, like, he's Cromartie. You mean, like, Madonna? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just kind of funny. Um, and then you see him as he's calling roll, he's like slicing his leg open, which is kind of gross, right? And then when he gets to John Reese, it's like, bam, suddenly there's a whole bunch of shooting going on in that classroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not recall when I first watched this in 2008 being really swayed one way or another. Columbine had happened, certainly. Uh, but I think the rash of school shootings hadn't really happened yet in that wake. And there were a few here and there. Um, but watching it again, it did hit me a little bit. Not that I cared it was there, uh, but it did bother me just slightly. Uh, I'll be, uh, for me, I found it very disturbing. And it, it, I mean, it was just, we, 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 we've had sadly in this country too many of these things happen over the last few years. And, um, for whatever reason, just see, seeing that in the movie, it harkened back back to that. And um, uh, it, I, in, in saying all that, um, I, I, I pose the question, if they were going to make this show today, would they have filmed that scene differently? Not not have it in a classroom of, of kids. Um, I, I would think, being that we're, I think we try to be more sensitive to different things now uh, and maybe, you know, we don't want to trigger certain things that I, I think efforts probably would be made today to probably do that scene a little differently. David, what are your thoughts on this? This brought it up. It never crossed my mind. Oh, okay. Um, so it didn't hit you, though when you watched it, it didn't hit you that same way. No, and because no, I, I was brought up a little differently than some. Showing gun violence in movies and TV never phases me. I grew up around them. I know really what it can do. But to me, it was more indicative of 
how close these machines will get to you. And that, that's more of what I focused on. Was here he's coming into school and there's a teacher that everybody else apparently knew that didn't seem out of the ordinary and was able to to get John. I didn't really all that it was in a and comparing it to to school shootings. It never never crossed my mind. Yeah. Yeah, well, in in, in, the, in it, maybe I'm just that out of touch with the world. But I don't know. What what did hit me in that scene was when Cromarty goes after John, and and is walking over the desk and stops and walk out, and they see his mechanical legs. Is the kids are like staring aghast, you know, at this uh, this creature with this metal leg that they aren't panicked and running, which was which is what I think would really be happening. So that felt like it didn't ring a hundred percent true, but you know, again, we're trying to we're, we're trying to bring say, well, in reality, when we know that this story is not a real story, so I get that, I get you know, I get all that, you know, I'm not here to pretend that we're trying to paint reality here, but it was interesting. But I guess when I watch some things, um, I, I ask myself, you know. How how well how well does this hold up today? Um, and when I, when, I, when I watch you know anything, figure with science fiction, if it was it was made years ago, and this was only made this was just a little over ten years ago. When this, right. So that's that's just a subconscious question I ask myself: How well does it hold up today? And well, especially with that scene, and I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. Now on the flip side. When Cromarty, you know, when the kids are looking at him and looking at his leg, Cromarty just, he kind of almost smiles and he goes, class dismissed. I did laugh at that. That was a great one line, wasn't it? it? Yeah, it was, it was campy, but it was funny. And it, yeah. you know, it, 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 it kind of, for, for such a serious, you need something to break it up a little bit and that helped. Well, and, and what follows that scene is probably one of my favorite moments in the movie. And, you know, so Cromarty is John cornered in this parking lot. And he thinks he has it, mm-hmm. and he's out there. He aims a gun at John, and then bam, gets does a gets knocked off by Summer Glau in a pickup truck. It's totally awesome. Oh, the and action in the scene it, it, it is, and then you pop open the door and come with me if you want to live. You know, total throwback to the Terminator movies. It was. It was a fantastic, fantastic moment. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and what happens after that? Um, uh, Sarah Connor's working at the restaurant. Um, she sees what's going on, on TV. She drops everything. Um, some just you know the callbacks that's going to go on with the Terminator. He manages to capture uh, Sarah Connor, and um, there. It's obvious that Sarah and 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 John have worked things out. If they have a plan A, plan B, C, D, E, F, G, you know. And so, um, he, the, the the Terminator thinks he can kidnap her and uh, use that to bring John in, and then somehow even John is wise that this is a Terminator talking to him. And somehow she didn't say the right code phrase at all. Is clear. I, well, I think I, I, he said the wrong one. She said, "I love you," and I'm like, "No, she's you know." <laughs> 
I, I, I don't see Sarah Connor saying that, you know, that often. And so it's like, you know, she was a little too, you know, too, too warm and maternal. And that was like, yeah, that's a Terminator. That's not my mom. <laughs> I did like how they mimicked the voices, though. Did they do that in the movies as well? They did. I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't remember. They did that in both movies. Yeah, so. so that was that was another nice callback. Yeah, yeah. That was that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And both of them did. Both Summer Clow and and Cromarty. Yeah, Cromarty did it. Mm-hmm. So that was that was that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um. So what other favorite moments? We talked about maybe a fa- moment that wasn't favorite. Then we followed it was a favorite moment. What other? What other scenes either a disturbed you or did you really like in this episode, Dave? How about you go? Is Dave here? Dave You're cutting in and out. Were you talking to me? I was talking to you. I hey, was. I, what, so what I asked. Me. What I asked you was. Uh, uh, what are some yeah. of your What are some of your favorite moments in this uh, in this episode? Or any favorite moment. Oh gosh. I think the entire dream sequence because again it's the first time I've watched this thing in ten years and it threw me for such a loop. And is it does she do that again later in the episode? Does she do what again? Does she have another one of those dreams? I think or is it the next or is it the next episode? I can't remember. But yeah. it, it happens routinely. Yeah, it happens routinely, at least in the first couple episodes of it, and, and it throws me every time. Um I'm trying to think back. Yeah, I only I'm only aware of one yeah, I'll stick with that. nightmare flashback sort of thing. Yeah, it was convincing though. I bought into okay. it. Okay, I, I bought into. The- I know what happens. In- yeah. Oh yeah. I know what happens in uh, subsequent episodes, but it happened again in the in the uh, pilot or not. Right. Yeah. You know, I and there were some great. Uh, there were some great moments. Like, uh, what was one about? Uh, putting those puppies away or what What was the line from that again? <laughs> yeah, this was, um, so they're hiding out. This is before they, they make the big leap. Um, uh, Cameron has just finished, um, attending uh, to Sarah's wounds, but oh, now, now Cameron's tending to her own, but, um, she, you know, she is topless at the moment and she's pulling out bullets and stuff. And yeah. <laughs> and, 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 uh, Sarah says, um, Maybe you should put those back in the holster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love that. Well, and then there's a double meaning because he's, she's pulling out bullets. So at one point she's like bullets away, but also uh, obviously she puts on her bra that after that, and she's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I was saying, you know, what's with uh, what's with Summer Glau getting naked in the first episode of every pilot we watch? Uh, she did the same thing in Firefly. It, it, it must be something obligatory in the contract. And it must be contractual. Yes, <laughs> but but now they were all naked by the end. So yes. you know, they're mm-hmm. standing on the highway and. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, so I mean, just talk about 
so much going on in the show that they, they decide, you know, uh, Cameron has a, has a time machine, <laughs> you know, it's built, right. into, built into this bank and, uh, well, yeah, or assembled in the bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, go ahead. Oh, just, it was just a great scene. I mean, that, you know, they, 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 they assembled this plasma rifle and then, uh, you know, they're going to, they're going to time travel nine years into the future. Yeah. So they take out Cromartie mm-hmm. and then leap into the future because they've gotten away from everyone. Yeah. Not so much. <laughs> or else they, we wouldn't have a show. Yeah. You wouldn't have a show, but. But we still have Allstate Man hanging out in the future, and then we have uh, we have the detectives still hanging out in the future. And uh, well, what's great about this, the supporting actors, they have good stuff to do. I mean, um, when they make that leap to the future, you, you see um, they, they show news footage because somebody gets this is the this is the day and age of camera phones, and, right? Um, they, you know, he sees on TV. Oh, so that's where my fiance has been for all these nine years. Right. And uh, the FBI agent, for first, he just thinks that Sarah Sarah Connor is just nuts, and then he he learns a little more and more. It's like, no, she she's uh, she's not as nuts as I thought she was. Yeah. And there's a great line that 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 he says. He says he's looking watching the news report, and he, and he goes, and the guy's like, "Do you know these people?" And he's like, "Less and less every day." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic line. Mm-hmm. Fantastic line. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good line. I love the uh, when they jump into the future, so they're all like naked and highly, right? Um, but then they're like off to the side, and Summer Cloud goes out to those guys that are coming, and they're like, oh, yeah, baby, this is our dream. And then she like kicks butts and takes names, and it's like, oh, yeah. This, <laughs> well, is, mm-hmm. this, is, this is River. River Tam. <laughs> That's a throwback. What, 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 is a, what does a Terminator need as soon as yeah. they come – Come to the past, or the few, they travel back in time. They need clothes and they need a ride, and so yeah, and, and, and they do because you can't take anything with you, right? Um, which this is what we were trying to figure out why Cromarty, uh, and maybe you can weigh in on this day. Back to that classroom scene, Cromarty's like hacking his leg open to pull out a gun. Did he bring that gun from the future? When he came back. Because because the gun was now built into you know, cut his, his uh... oh maybe well that's the only it doesn't make much sense to hide a gun in your leg unless you're bringing it back from something yeah, yeah that I mean it, it it it's it's a great scene but it just there's no it doesn't make sense unless hmm. he brought it with him from the you know he brought it with him from the uh, um, future. And, and we're kind of good, Dave. Sorry, it was a wussy non-future gun that he used too. I mean, you want to look at all the stuff that they're using in those flash-forward scenes during the war. You lasers and stuff, laser pistol back with them. I don't know. I almost think he had to have brought it back in. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not like he would have if he had acquired it back in the year that this was taking place. Uh, this is this is pre uh, a lot of the school shootings. He went there would have been no metal detectors in the school. Mm-hmm. It's not like he could uh, he could have just walked in with a gun in his backpack, pulled it out when he got to John Reeves, and pow pow pow. But instead, he's hiding it in his leg for some reason. It makes for a good dramatic scene, but he had to bring it back. Is my guess. 
That's that. That's the only reason. Yeah. Which, which for me doesn't make sense when Summer Glau says or Cameron says, "Yeah, we had to reassemble this from parts that we could assemble from back in this era." Mm-hmm. When she's assembling the pulse rifle or whatever in the uh, time machine, well, if they could, if, if Cromartie could do that with a gun, couldn't they like hide pieces like in their body and then like take it out when they get here? There, there's. There are some maybe that's a little bit of a gap there. In, in, inconsistent, yeah, inconsistencies and plot holes there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but that whole the whole you know that the whole bank scene I think is great. Um, you know, Cameron's telling the banker, you know, close the door if you know, and lock it. If you don't, I'll know. And just like I just feel like, oh crap, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't piss this woman off. Yeah. Why would you lock him in a vault, right? You know, why, why would you? But she te- she tells him, if you don't, I'll know. I did like how the SWAT team surrounded, and it just let Cromartie go walking right in. Like, we're not stopping this guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked like hell when he walked in. He, well, yeah, he looked like he'd been through the war. But it's funny. He's look he's looking at them, and on his scanner, he's looking at he, – it says no threat. So it's like he, does, he doesn't consider them a threat to him. It's a, Right. And when I was watching the with with the commentary, they these guys were actually real SWAT teams for this this uh, city in New Mexico. Oh, really? Yeah. So and, and they they loved uh, being in the show for that. Oh, that's awesome! Well, it's, you know, it's a break from their routine. I'm mm-hmm. sure they get on TV. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, I did I did see that the uh, they one of the things I watched. I'm like. When they're having that shootout scene in the one house, and like, um, and Sarah hides behind the lazy boy, and the lazy boy gets shot up in the back, oh. and the bullets don't penetrate. I'm like, seriously? But then later on in the episode, they do address when they're like investing in the house, like, yeah, there was Kevlar in the back of the se- the seat. They do talk. Oh, about I didn't that. remember that. Yeah, so they do mention it. They give a reason for why bullets weren't like passing through the. Love seat and into Sarah, and you you see her earlier, you know, painting the walls in the house, and and then you then then when she can, when 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 the Terminator brings her in there, and all the, the shootout starts happening, she goes to the wall, and she has she has guns hiding in that wall. Yes, yeah. So I mean, there's it sounds like stuff's very well thought out, mm-hmm. but like, that it bothered me initially when I saw it happen, and then they explained, I'm like, oh, well, at least they covered the tracks with that one. It's like I said. I mean, this this woman has a plan A, B, C, and D for everything. Yeah. So other uh, other uh, other thoughts. Um, we covered a lot of territory here. Y- Brian y- McCreary did the music. B- the, B- Bear McCreary. Yeah, Bear McCreary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I said Brian. Brian mm-hmm. McCreary is a friend of ours. So, <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, but Bear McCreary did. Mm-hmm. Um. I I I I as a pilot goes, I think this is very solid. They 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 accomplish a lot in just an hour, less than an hour's time. Um, you know who the characters are. I think you care about them right away. I mean, if you're if you're a fan of Terminator, I can't see how you not like this. Um, I think. Um, yeah, I just I think it, it it sets things up for the show moving forward. And you know, I, I think keeps you wanting more. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. It was interesting. When I did the Terminator panel at Shirley this year, a lot of people brought up the Sierra Connor Chronicles. A lot of people remember, people who are fans of Terminator are fans of this show. And I was like, man, I got to go back and rewatch this show. Yeah. So I have some trivia. Do you want to hear the trivia? Let's. So during the initial fight scene in the house between Cameron and the rival Terminator, the shotgun Sarah pulls out of the wall is the same model the character used against the T-1000 in the final scenes of Terminator 2, The Judgment Day. Okay, that's pretty cool. Um, the uh, little tidbit here, in the 2015 film Terminator Genesis, Sarah, Amelia Clark, and Kyle Ja Courtney arrive in 2019 in the middle of freeway bare naked. This is an obvious nod to the similar scene in which they arrive in the pilot. Not to mention, Amelia Clark played in Game of Thrones yep. alongside of Lena Headley. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was leaked onto the internet before it aired. I don't remember that. But uh, it okay. Um, it was the first time Lena Headley had ever handled a weapon, so she had to go through special training. I, I heard that was uh, something she sort of had to overcome. It was not uh, an easy thing for her. Yeah, well, it was believable. Mm-hmm. So. The Terminator Cromarty is an anime manga reference to Cromarty High School. One of the students is a robot. Nice. In that anime and manga. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me see here. Um, uh, um, I think that. Uh, oh, so I got a little bit of trivia. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you guys and see if you picked it up in the dossier of Sarah Connor. So she was born in L.A., California. How old is Sarah Connor in this episode? I think I remember 33. Bingo. You got that. How tall is she? Uh, David or Miles? How tall is she? Yep. Five. Five, five? You're five, right. Five, yeah, Miles is closer. Five, four. Five four tall, Ooh. and how much does she weigh? Oh, she's a tiny little thing. I think I think they said one hundred and ten pounds. One hundred and ten pounds, Miles. The the, the useless <laughs> things I remember. I know the useless <laughs> things. So. Um, <laughs> what date did Cameron arrive from the future? I think she arrived. It... So I'll give you a hint. She was at, she has been searching for. John and Sarah when she found them for 73 days. Now, you have to know the date that she found them on. Okay. Um, this is the Dave's like, I, I give up. So, was it the month of September? She, she, wow. Yeah. No, she arrived uh, from the future on June 12th, 1999. Okay. And then encountered them on August 24th, 1999. Um. And uh, so this is just it. this is just a uh, yeah that's it that's that's pretty much it so that works so yeah mm-hmm. so this is very you know I would love if we did like a whole series review I I would too I because mean now is, because this episode is that good and I enjoyed the series that much when it was on I would totally do like a whole series review on it we we aren't going to yeah. but, but but if we did you know I, I, I'm pr- I'm seriously tempted to buy the second season now. Because Do you own the first season, I own. The, I got the first season as a gift a while back. Yeah, so. only, not, only nine episodes, and Fox had that much faith in it. They ordered twenty-two for the next season, and then canceled it. Yeah, you know, I mean, 
we dog on Fox and we will continue to dog on them in the future. But and rightly so. And rightly so. But I, I, I have to th- think though this show must have been hugely expensive for them and the ratings they were getting probably weren't enough to justify keeping it going. I I think a show like this could succeed if it was on a streaming service like a Hulu, Amazon, or Netflix. If you have somebody backing up where it's not depend so dependent upon um, ad revenue and, and everything. Um, because it, it was probably one of the most ambitious science fiction shows at that time. You figure all, all the CGI work they had to do and all the, you know, the visual effects, explosions, that kind of thing. I mean, it, it was almost movie quality. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt. So uh, definitely a good pilot. David, did you feel this was a good pilot to start the series? Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to watching it again, seeing how much I remember it. I actually did or did not get to see. Um, 2008, 2009 were, now that I'm thinking about it, those were some pretty interesting years. Pretty sure I lost track of Leon, but uh, forward to watching it. Good, good, definitely. All right, so what do we have on our docket for the next show that we're going to do? Do we talk? Do we decide? Uh, we we, we got to discuss. Um, I, I think uh, one of our options was uh, Battlestar Galactica reimagined. Uh, you and I talked about uh, sliders. Yeah, so which is it going to be? We can do either. We can do them both eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, the next uh, rewatch review. Uh, Dave, have you seen Sliders? Yeah, he watched. He said he watched it. Okay. Would you be open to doing a Sliders review? It's been a very long time, but yeah. Yeah. So you'd be open to doing the uh, pilot. Yeah. I do think that when we watch that, when, when we watch that pilot, it's going to date itself. I, I, well, yeah, this will be this will be the oldest yeah, um, mid nineties so. show show we reviewed. 90s. Yeah, I I hear you. So, uh, when was the last time you guys watched it? Wow, I don't know if I've really watched it much after it went off the air. Because <laughs> well, I'll be honest with you, I tried watching it again. Oh boy, G- great, but. I'm looking forward to see what you guys think. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I think we're going to find a lot of cheese and camp factor in it. That's for sure. It should be a fun nostalgia trip. I think I didn't watch it during its oh, first yeah. run. I watched it when, when sci-fi channel was airing it. And so I, I was recording it and, and watching it then and I was enjoying it, but yeah, it was definitely even, even for the, you know, the early two thousands, it was kind of dating itself. Yep. Very good. Well, then let's do sliders. Sounds good. Cool. Cool. So next time we're going to do sliders. It'll be about a month. Um, and uh, we'll go from there. So next, next one will be a new show, and then we'll be releasing some interviews as a part of that. And it should be good. And hopefully we'll M and Chrissy back with us. Yes, hopefully we'll Because we're back. missing them tonight. But, but I believe that's about it, Miles. All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see you. Go boldly. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this establishment would love to hear from you. 
Send your comments and feedback to Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or join our Facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner. This song, Photosynthesis, was created by Cool Cat, whose music can be found on YouTube. For more information on his music, please contact the Sci-Fi Diner podcast.